0: Hello everyone, this is Michelle Birdie, and you're listening to The Wordsworth from the Moscow Times. One of the curiosities of television news and talk shows in Russia is that they don't cover much Russian news or talk much about Russia. Topic number one is Ukraine, followed by what's happening in the US, with some nasty highlights of the Brexit debate in the UK, and then, to round things up, a bit of local news. If it weren't for the language, you'd think you were watching WMOS in Moscow, Idaho. But in the run-up to the first round of the Ukrainian presidential elections, on election day, and then in the fevered post-election analysis phase, Ukraine has been front and center on Russian television. In the interest of scholarly inquiry, I thought I'd watch a slew of shows and analyze the language used to discuss Ukraine. Now I think I need hardship pay. It's not that I didn't know what the shows were like. Of course I did. But it's another thing to watch 10 hours of them. For one thing, in every show, even the ones that seem to be a little less sensational by design, there are times when all the guests begin to shout all at once, talking over one another, getting louder and louder and cruder and more aggressive until someone either walks out, threatens to hit another guest, or there is a commercial break. If my fourth grade teacher were here, she'd have smacked them all and sent them to the principal's office. I kept thinking, where are those spiritual values? And then I kept thinking, Koudaji tabletki baralgin. Where did I put those headache pills? But I soldiered on. Here's what I learned about the Russian language of discourse about Ukraine and Ukrainians. You're a fill in the blank. The first day I turned on the TV, somebody was screaming, Ну, no, посмотрите на этих уродов. Will you just look at those degenerates? I peered at the TV screen, expecting to see right-wing thugs, but they just looked like normal folks on a spring day. I almost got used to the name-calling, which was pretty much constant. Although the Russian guests and hosts did use the word украинцы, Ukrainians, they also used the much less acceptable term хохли, Hachol is the traditional Ukrainian men's tuft of hair, and it's slang for a Ukrainian man. A Ukrainian woman is hachlushka. These words can be used affectionately in certain contexts, but they are totally inappropriate in what used to be called polite company. It would be like a group of Americans on a talk show calling Italians wops. What else did I hear? I heard about hitri hachli. Crafty Ukrainians, and Ukrainska Hitrinka, Ukrainian guile. Ukrainians were often described as lukavye, sneaky, lying, conniving. Ukrainians were called nazisti, nazis, banderovtsi, supporters of bandera, and padonki, lowlifes. Ich president abyezumil, their president has lost his mind. Zelensky, marionetka. Zelensky is a puppet. Zelensky Dietzadov Kakun Merkel Dobs Mirkel Ilis Trumpum Elis Putinim. Zelensky is a kindergartner. How could he talk with Merkel or Trump or Putin? Amid the general shouting and screaming, I could catch phrases like "tupaya provokatsiya" a dumb provocation. Ichbarani Bashki, stupidest sheep, and Tupagalovia fatheads. What a hoot! Guests and hosts make fun of almost everything Ukrainian, especially the language. The premise, totally and completely false, with absolutely no evidence to support it, is that Ukrainian is a derivative of Russian, and those sneaky, dumb, conniving Ukrainians went and ruined it. Every time a clip of a Ukrainian-speaking person is shown, there are hoots of laughter. One politician found it hilarious that in Ukrainian, the stress in the first-person singular word for want is on the first syllable, hochu, while in Russian, it's on the second syllable, хочу. What an uncivilized language. They're saying it wrong. On another show, there was much merriment about Pyotr Poroshenko having to slip out of the country in the night if Zelensky wins the runoff. Poroshenko v zholtom platye bezhit kak Kerensky. Poroshenko will run off in a yellow dress like Kerensky, in reference to the apocryphal story of how the head of the provisional government escaped the country when the Bolsheviks came to power. Another joke was: Susha prezidenta vybiraet Poh people. narod na Ukraina generator sluchinik chisel. In the US the president is chosen by God, something I have to say I don't quite agree with. In Russia, by the people. Only in Ukraine is it done by a random number generator. Is that funny? The punchline seems to be a bit lacking in punch. In another discussion about the elections, the host ridiculed the candidates Poroshenko and Zelensky for refusing to take part in the debates. After a bit of hemming and hawing, the host said that he could only find one word to describe their behavior. And even though this one word was not quite appropriate for broadcast, it was the only word possible to describe them. He said, the very crude slang word has two meanings. To fart and to be scared. Here, he's saying, they're crapping in their pants they're so scared. But the weird thing is, didn't Vladimir Putin decline to debate other candidates in the Russian elections? Oh well. It's a strange, strange world. All the guests and most of the hosts spin out elaborate conspiracy theories. I tried to follow some of the arguments, but their logic most of the time eluded me. They start out with the usual kind of thing. Ukrainsky wybori nelegitimnye. The Ukrainian elections aren't legitimate. There is much talk of davlinye, pressure, administrativnye resursy, administrative resources странная явка, the strange turnout, and фальсификация на всех этапах, особенно во время подсчета. Falsification at every stage, but especially during the count. They all know so much about this, you'd kind of think they'd had experience in it. Somehow, it's all being arranged by the Americans, or the Europeans, or both. Here it gets confusing. Somebody claimed, karabul Nata причалил в A NATO ship docked in Odessa and American campaign managers and CIA agents got off. Now I find that downright baffling. How did they know that the people who got off were American campaign managers and CIA agents? I mean, they don't wear name tags or Kevlar vests with CIA in big white letters, do they? In any case, we know the Americans or Europeans are involved because Они заранее заявили, что выборы будут честными. They announced ahead of time that the elections would be fair. This was, they said, ridiculous. How could they know about the legitimacy of the elections ahead of time? But then, after making the argument against prejudgment, they said that there was a bill before the Russian Duma for непризнание выборов, non-recognition of the elections. This should be passed right away, before the runoff. Everyone applauded. I didn't get that part. I also lost the thread when someone asserted, There is a risk that the Ukrainian hawks will move the war towards Mariupol. I'm not, perhaps, a skilled military strategy analyst, so maybe somebody can tell me why Ukrainians would want to move the front line of the war deeper into their own territory. Don't you try to move the front lines away from your country? It's a puzzle. There is no Ukraine. In every show, somebody says at least once, either in passing or as part of a larger argument, "Niet Ukrainly, there is no Ukraine, to be exact, nie było Ukrainy, nie było, все что есть русские дали." There was no Ukraine. There wasn't, and everything they have now, Russians gave it to them. In this context, the use of "na Ukrainy" in the Ukraine is significant. In Russian, you use the preposition v in, with countries, but you use na in, for territories and parts of countries. Threats. In virtually every show, the agitated guests or hosts start shouting threats. Не будет Украины! There won't be a Ukraine! Дам приказ, и вашей Украины не будет! I'll give the order, and your Ukraine won't exist! Now, I don't actually think anyone in the show can issue such an order, but still, it wasn't friendly. Come home to mama. And yet, towards the end of the shows, most of the guests calm down, wipe the sweat from their brows, and insist that all they want is to take Ukraine back into the bosom of Russia. Or they are certain that both countries could live in peace and harmony if only ukraina a das nam vastok i konieczna zhe zabudit pra if Ukraine gives us the east and of course forgets about Crimea. But why would they want to? It's a puzzle. I still want hardship bay. But thank heavens, that's all for this week. Dostrici nas lidushi nidili. Paka.